Good morning and welcome back to the Paper Cuts Podcast, issue 37. I am your host, Dan Ryan. With me this morning are Dean DeFalco. Hi. And Evan Goldstein. Hello. We are knee-deep in summer crossover season. We've got Convergence, we've got Worlds United, we've got Battle World and Secret Wars, and, like, does Marvel have anything else they're calling it? Uh, at, at this moment, no. <laughs> at this moment, no? I mean, okay. who knows what's going to happen next week. All right, well, we've got a lot of books to cover, so let's jump right into it. I'm going to lead us off this week because for, like, the the heavens have opened, the light is shining and I can crawl my way out of the pit that has been Convergence. This is the last week, I promise, that we are talking about all of these books because it's done. Convergence number eight shipped this week. My two months of torture are over. Let's just go through this really quickly because I'm tired of talking about it and you're tired of listen, listening to us talk about it, I'm sure. Um, right out of the gate though, Action Comics number two. You read through the book, not much happens. We're, we're back to, you know, this is the last week and you're reading through Action Comics number two and you read the story and you're like, okay, that was a story. And then at the very end of Action Comics number, number two, it says to be continued in Convergence number six, which came out three fucking weeks ago. You're not the only person to complain about that. I, I heard that somewhere else too. Not, not many people were uh, happy with the confusion. Well, it's just, it speaks to the larger issues of Convergence as a whole. Like, Poor like, story quality? Sure. Oh. But, but look, DC Comics, let me, let, me, let me let you in on a little secret here. You're the ones who scheduled this. No, no. You no, did it was, this. It was all Dan DiDio. He was, he was sitting there and he's he like, I'll find DC a way Comics. to fuck this up. I'll find a way to do this. Mm, twisting his non-existent mustache. Oh God! Just come on, man. You can't, you can't put out a book that says to be continued in some shit you may have read three weeks ago. Like what? Actually, they can and they did. They did, and they shouldn't have. Action Comics number two, no. Blue Beetle number two, no. Booster Gold number two, it was okay. Dan Jurgens writes a good Booster Gold. Crime Syndicate number two, no. Detective Comics number two, no. Infinity Inc. number two, no. Con Justice Society of America, number two. Can you sense the pattern? No. <laughs> Plastic Man and the Freedom Fighters, number two. No. Shazam. Only book worth reading this week. Shazam. That was it. Shazam, number two. Thunderworld, because... part seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, mostly because it had nothing to do with Convergence. They barely mentioned the dome. They barely mentioned the fight. It's just a good Shazam story. And... Shazam is awesome. There's so much ridiculous nonsense that goes along with with Shazam and, you know, Captain Marvel Jr. and Mary Marvel, I think is her name, because I just blanked on it, and Mr. Tawny is in it, and the Bulleteer and Bullet Girl are in it, and Mr. Mind, the Caterpillar, like the evil, the evil genius Caterpillar that is one of Shazam's villains is like the main villain in this in this book. It's awesome. Question for you though. Yeah. It, seeing as it was supposed to be tied into Convergence. Yeah. Isn't that making a shitty book? Seeing as it has nothing to do with Convergence. Um. Technically, it okay. should make it a shitty book, be but in this case, I mean, because it made I haven't it great. been reading like the Secret Wars shit, I haven't been reading those as like 
their own book. As standalones? Yeah, because it's not. It's not supposed to be. No, you're right. Okay. You're right. Wait, guys, while we're on the subject of DC, let's just talk about real quick how uh, oh. Stardust got in oh. uh, Stephen Amell's face. And uh, what was that, Raw? On Monday Night Raw? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. That was kind of <laughs> cool. And now there's rumors floating about that uh, there, there might be a match between the two, which... Yeah, there's, uh, there's some rumors that they're possibly holding it off for SummerSlam, which is the pay-per-view that happens in August, which is a month before the TV shows come back for their big fall premieres, and it will be a match to hype up the return of Arrow. It will be Stephen Amell versus Cody Rhodes, also known as Stardust. I'm not going to lie. I would love to see that. I would fucking love... The only way Stephen I'm paying Amell. for that is if Amel shows up with his quiver and bow. He has to. And takes he, out he probably Stardust would. with like three shots to the chest. Oh, nice whoa. cluster right in the heart area. Well, I don't know about that, but well, that'd that be would be cool. worth the money. It's it's my worlds are converging. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, see what I did there? Oh, and this time I'm really happy about it. It's It's going to be very much like when Hugh Jackman <laughs> showed up on Raw to promote X-Men Days of Future Past and punched Dolph Ziggler in the face and broke his nose. It's fucking awesome. Because he's not a wrestler and didn't know how to not actually punch a guy. Fucking great. Love it. Uh, so Shazam number two. <coughs> Excuse me. Read that. Convergence World's Finest number two. Don't read that. Convergence number eight. The big wrap-up to the book. Uh, in Convergence number seven. Parallax, Hal Jordan, killed Demos. And everybody was like, why the fuck did you do that? Now you've unmade reality. And he's like, yeah, whatever. It can be stopped. Because why not? Because so what science. Happens, because what happens in this book? No. No. <laughs> no, Dean, shut up. <laughs> it's so amazing. In, in 22 issues or whatever, they talk about, we've got to get all these heroes together. And we've got to bring back Brainiac because he's going to help us. And Wave Rider, for some fucking reason, shows up. A guy who hasn't been relevant since fucking Zero Hour. Wave Rider shows up. And they bring Brainiac back. And they all start attacking him. And Brainiac's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I will destroy all of you. Fuck off. Right? And then Brainiac has an existential crisis. And he can feel pain now. And he realizes that his planet is gone and that he wasn't always a monster. And Brainiac just talks for 22 pages. 22 pages, basically, of Brainiac talking about the multiverse and talking about all this different stuff that has happened throughout DC Comics. And the heroes get together and they're like, all right, well, we need to get a group of people to go together and we need to, uh, you know, we need to, to stop this. And that's going to be it. And it's going to be the Justice League. And they're going to go back. And then you turn the page. And oh, look, they've done it. <laughs> Was that's there literally the a pretty bow on the picture? There really should have been. <laughs> like, they go to the next page. And it says, our universe. And Superman asks Supergirl, is everyone back home? And her response is, back on Earth and to their respective worlds. Even the Red Lanterns had loved ones they wanted to say goodbye to. They don't, there was eight issues of this book. There were 11 issues every week for two months. Dan, let me clear this up for you. Let, let me clear this up. I can tell you right now. Because Bat God. Could... Because Bat God. Oh, we're going to talk about that in a second too, God damn it. Right. 
<laughs> the only interesting part of this story would have been what the Justice League did when they went back to stop the original crisis from happening. Because that's what that was. They were like, we got to go back inside, and, or back in time, back inside. Fucking mm. <laughs> like, it's dinner time, get back inside, Justice League. <laughs> Your potatoes are getting cold. They had to go back in time and kind of stop, but also cause the first con- crisis to happen so that the multiverse could be reset. And, and, and they don't show you what happened. They just, okay, well, we did that. Thanks. And, that, and that's it. <sighs> and then there's a bunch of splash pages of, see, here's the thing. The multiverse, the thing that they were trying to make more simplified for people, is back. Everything exists. It's all there. We are are in the same place today, two months later, as where we started. Everything's back. The real question is, how does it feel to have wasted two months? Not fucking good. (laughs) I gotta be honest with you. Like, if this... (sighs) See, DC needed an event because they're moving out west. So right. this event was them filling time while their entire company moved out west. Mm-hmm. And I honestly believe, honestly, no, all joking aside, that it would have been smarter for them to just republish the Dark Knight Returns <laughs> and nothing else. Actually, this probably going awful. going dark for two months would have been better. Yeah, yeah just or, uh, or just nothing. Just make people just miss notes these saying characters. We're sorry for two months. Just, I just, mean, it, just sell. You know, like I don't know, five issues a week with a pretty cover, but just blank pages inside. Throw a couple of ads in there. We know we got to get ads, but that's it. <laughs> Draw your own stories this month, kids. <laughs> like it would have been better. It because this is done. Like if you look online and, and read retailer reports and, and different message boards and stuff, like going on Reddit and whatnot. There are there are some people who like this because th- there's just not intelligent people everywhere. But this has done a lot of damage to DC. Mm-hmm. The the nays. Far outweigh the yays on the on this particular event because most of people, it was good. <laughs> none of it was good. Like in the overall picture of things, because yes, I like that Shazam book, but Evan brings up a good point. In the in the idea of an event tie-in book, if the best thing I can say about the book is that it doesn't really tie into the event, <laughs> you're done fucked up, man. It was bad. It was bad. It's over. I'm happy. Moving on from there, the DC sneak peek books that came out um, were interesting this week. There are a couple of things that I'm going to give a shot to. Uh, Batgirl, I will continue to read because Batgirl is really interesting. They're doing neat things with that character. The Batman story that came out, I'm I'm going to give it a shot. I'm not really I'm not really feeling Bat Robot and Commissioner Gordon as Batman. I don't really like it. I like but- Bat Robot. I think he's cool, man. I'm, it's Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, so I'm going to give it a shot. Bat-bot. They have they have earned my trust. Um, <laughs> and now it's time for them to lose it. They very well might. Uh, they had a sneak peek of Black Canary, which I don't need to read because I've already read Scott Pilgrim. I don't know why Black Canary is in a band. I don't know why there's posters for her band that says the most dangerous band in Gotham, the Black Canaries. 
and she gets into a fight before a concert. A guy hits her with a guitar for, and knocks her up onto a skyscraper for some reason. Like, knocks her up on top of the building. I, Black no. Canary's not superhuman. She just has Also, I've never seen powers. a guitar that strong that wouldn't break on impact and instead would knock a person onto a skyscraper. Why is she in a band? Because, <clears throat> well, all right, logically, let, let's take it back a step. Her power is her voice. Now, okay. the question is, why is she in a band if she was the drummer? That wouldn't make sense. But she's not. She's the singer. There you go. There's a, a, a smidgen of tie there. Just a, a skosh. Makes. I, I didn't like it. it. It read too much like Scott Pilgrim without any of the heart and charm of Scott Pilgrim. Um, so I'm not into it. Constantine, the Hellblazer, uh, wasn't very good. Uh, Earth 2 Society, I'm not really a big Earth 2 guy. Uh, it was a good book for what it was. Like, I can see that there is some talent behind it. It's just not something I think I'm going to pick up. Uh, Harley Quinn, I just don't like what they're doing with Harley right now. I don't like her as a crime fighter. I don't like her having a Harley Quinn gang. Um, I know people really love this book, though. And if you love this book, it's more the same. It's the same creative team. It looks really great. Like, the artwork is really awesome. The coloring is really awesome on this one. Uh, Justice League was a prelude to the Dark Side War because, you know, that's what we needed right after Convergence was another crossover. So, apparently, on the day that Hippolyta gave birth to Princess Diana because she wasn't made from clay, that's in air quotes now, mm -hmm. uh, Hippolyta is Diana's real mother, you know, gave birth to her the natural way. A another... Amazonian. And, and how is that? Can you explain that for uh, our through listeners? Through the don't... vagina. Oh, the VJJ. Got it. Yeah, not not cesarean section. <laughs> she crowned and everything. Uh, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> we do Apparently, have some younger listeners, so you never know. They may not know we, all of the birds in the They beast. shouldn't. We say fuck a lot. <laughs> they shouldn't listen. Um, so uh, another Amazon gave birth to a baby girl and it's Darkseid's daughter and th there's a prophecy and she's going to end the world and unmake the mold. Like, we just finished Convergence and in this book, there's a prophecy that the universe and the multiverse is going to be split apart and end through the Darkseid war. Like, we just, DC, fuck man, stop it. Please. Justice League United... Uh, what is basically Avengers United. There, there's everyone you could possibly think of is going to be in this book, including Vandal Savage and Gorilla Grodd and Lex Luthor are on the team. Like, this this very much seems like they looked at the Avengers with all the crazy characters that they brought into it and went, yeah, I suppose so, let's do that too. Uh, that being said, I, I don't think I'll be picking that one up. Uh, Sinestro is continuing to be written by Cullen Bunn, which means I will be continuing to buy it because I really like what they're doing with Sinestro. The Green Lantern Corps is gone. The Sinestro Corps has taken over the role of the Green Lantern Corps in the DC Universe currently, so that is, to me, a really interesting story to tell, and there's a lot of really good stuff that they could do there. Uh, Superman, I, I really don't know how I feel about this new Superman direction. Uh, I like the idea of a depowered Superman, just from the preview, the I don't think the writing was very strong. I will give it a chance because I love John Romita's artwork. Um, but we'll see on that one. Superman, Wonder Woman, I was not reading that book previously. This preview did nothing to convince me. The Flash, 
was okay. It looks really great. Like the artwork was really great. Professor Zoom is back with a bunch of other what seemed to be speedy type rogues, like new people that I didn't recognize. Those are Flash is usually a really good book. He has really cool villains. So I hope that that continues. And finally, we are Robin. Uh, it's an interesting concept. I will be around for the first couple of issues where people are just basically taking up the mantle of Robin and going out to fight crime on their own. Uh, I don't know how, how much legs the concept has because it could come off the rails in a big bad way really quick. But I think that would be worth checking out. So there you go. There's the convergence. There's the DC sneak peeks. To get to what Dean mentioned earlier, apparently apparently Bruce Wayne is about to become a new god. Wow. Bat god. Coming. Like, they're just taking the bat god joke and running with it. And I don't I don't like that. Yeah, That's no, they should have just left him dead. In the ground, yeah. done. Yep. Instead, you're turning him yep. into a new god. And he wears the suit. He wears the fucking suit. He's a mm -hmm. human. It's not part of his skin. He could take it off. Now he has to wear it forever because he's a stupid-ass new god. And he's like the, the, the Metatron dude. Like, he, I know everything. I see everything. Well, we had that character. We don't need to fucking do it again. Why are you doing it again? <laughs> Fuck. I will, I will put this out there right now, though. To everyone who is listening who is a fan of DC Comics and has been mad at me for two months, I'm sorry. I apologize. No, but... don't fucking apologize. It was bad. <laughs> There's no reason to apologize because they agree with you. If if yeah, they actually but it read was it, bad. it was bad. Don't, it was bad. Don't say, you know, oh, you know, you can't say that. DC's good. DC is good when they try. They weren't trying with this. Mm -hmm. They phoned it in. It was bad. Leave it alone. Put the stamp of denial on it. Don't read it. End of story. Don't apologize, Dan. I'm backing you on this. Thank you, Dean. Thank you. <laughs> However, where I was... <laughs> not where I was going with that, but I do appreciate the support. It has been confirmed for all of the DC number ones coming out starting next week, I believe, that there will be ads... Yay! I so wanted to talk about this, yes. ...breaking up the artwork on the page. Like, not a page of ads... But like half panel, 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 and then half a page of ads. Do not buy any DC books until they stop that shit. Yeah. That I'm, is fucked I'm, up. I'm not reading mm -hmm. that. Like, because that leads me into the one book that I read, the DC sneak peek book that I haven't mentioned yet, that I'm actually really excited about and was really surprised by, which was Cyborg, who's getting really? his own series. It was awesome. Like, I went into that book going, yeah, whatever, fucking Cyborg. And by the end of it, I was like, please, this isn't coming out for another month and a half? Fuck. Right? Like, I was really upset. It was a great preview. I'm hooked. I'm in. I'm not buying that shit, though. And no one else should either. Do not support a company that is going to run half-page ads and break up the artwork. It is disrespectful to everyone who works on that book and only serves to line the pockets of a corporation which is not something I usually give two shits about because they're all corporations. They're all in it to make money. Even our beloved Image Comics is a for-profit business. They're trying to make money off this shit. But to do it at the expense of the creators instead of with the creators is not something you should support. And Listen, I will jump off my high uh, horse now. Hold on before you hop off that horse. I, I agree primarily with what you're saying. 
The problem that I have is the only image that I have seen of this so-called ad layout is for a Twix commercial, a Twix ad, which in itself is a two-part ad. Yeah, the left Twix and the right Twix. It's a stupid ad campaign, but they stick with it. Yeah. Has anybody seen anything else where it was just a standard ad that had nothing to do with two parts? Nothing else has been leaked yet, but it has been confirmed by DC Comics that that is happening in every number one issue. When do these number ones come out? They start coming out next week. All right. Well, uh, I'm not going to buy one, but I'll go to the comic book store and I'll look through them and we'll see what's what and we'll figure it out. And if they do, don't buy them because that's fucking stupid. You know, even if it's just the left Twix, right Twix thing. Don't buy it. Comic books are an art form, man. And I mean, I don't go up to a Picasso and draw a fucking Pepsi ad on it and be like, well, you got to look at this first before you can see the Picasso. So hold. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is if we do get full page ads in every comic and on one page is art, the other page is ad. And if it's a eight panel breakdown, splitting it up to four and four, add an ad isn't that big of a change. It's just layout-wise. Now, like I started this, fully agree, it's kind of a fucked-up situation. But if they're it's not... It's the principle. It, if they're not adding more ads to it, okay, and breaking up, like, I don't know, a splash page with, you know, as opposed to it being full page, it's a half page, there's really no difference. Well, I, I don't know. I'm afraid it'll get to the point where, you know, they're really not going to have any care in the world about where they put these ads. And, you know, in the middle of a fucking fight scene or, like, right at the end where I... Say they did this in Batman Endgame and, you know, they're having their little back and forth dialogue at the end, which was really meaningful and, like, kind of something else and out there. And they stuck a fucking Best Buy ad right in between. I would have been a little mad. Like, just... It's got to be very careful where the placement is because if it's not a full page and, like, it's just right in the middle of a fucking, you know, uh, uh, dialogue between two characters, that could really suck if it's at a tense moment and that might take you out of the book. Yeah, and I understand that, but, like, when I read a, a comic, I don't even see the ads anymore. There's so many of them that I ignore them standardly and read through the book, whatever, how many page counts it is with... X amount of ads in it, and if, let's say, I have a few extra minutes, I may actually go back to see what do they promote in this book. Because half the time, it's advertisements for... Condoms. Yes. No. (coughs) For other things that are happening within DC or DC licensed materials or, you know. I can't remember any ads in any of the books that I've ever read. It's just that this is being brought to our attention, and I think it's a little bit being like you know brought up as if it's a bigger deal than it actually is that's that's a fair point but the people that are bringing it to attention are artists on the book and I'm on their side 100% all the time and if they're pissed then I am too it's it's just disrespectful well, I, I didn't see where I, it came from I got it from like Yahoo News or something to that effect and if Dan's uh, pissed Chris not Burnham pissed. Chris Burnham was the first one to put it out. He worked with Grant Morrison on some of the Batman stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think Batman and Robin, um, you know, if if the artists are mad, then there's a reason for that. You know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. 
we have we have an established way the comic books are done. You get a page of story. Sometimes you get an ad, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But to break up the art on one page, to force artists to now adapt their story around where an ad is going to be, as because you put it on a page, that's fine. You can just flip to the next page. But to have to, you know, I know that I'm going to have a bunch of ads in here that are going to take up half the page. So I have to now change my panel layouts and change my storytelling. That's not okay. Another, another issue is that the way that when, when it comes to a half page layout, that's primarily the way it's laid out for digital, like a, a single, a, you know, 11 by 17 page that the artist works on is right. split into two digital pages. Mm-hmm. So I feel that this is a like a model for them to start pushing towards production geared towards digital release that we then put into a book that we then put into a print form. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I do. It's it's a slippery slope that scares Absolutely me. Absolutely agree. You know what I mean? It's it scares me that if they get a ton of support for this, you know, what's the next step whereas if everybody bites the bullet and doesn't support it these first couple of weeks, it'll go away. I promise it will. You know, again, this is a company out to make money, and if they're not making money and people are giving backlash about a certain thing, it'll stop. So, I don't know. All right, well, let's put Convergence to bed, Dan. Thank God. (laughs) Next week, no more Convergence. Shoot it like the lame horse that it is. Oh, my God. It is like a... Oh, Jesus. All right. Evan, you had some Secret Wars stuff this week. I read a little bit of it. Okay. What are your thoughts? What well, you I, like I did last week, I'm going to you know, go through them the way that I read them. Um, first, I went through Metal Organism Designed Only for Killing Assassins, number one. Otherwise known as Modoc Assassins, number one. Um, oh. Now, there's, there's two... This week there were two setups, actually three, for the way the covers were displayed to show you that it was tied into this, you know, epic event. And there's the Secret Wars icon, which showed up somewhere in a corner somewhere. Then there's the Battleworld banner and the Secret Wars actual tie-in title. Uh, This one had one of those little Secret Wars icons, and I get scared with that because it means I may not be getting as much of a progression of the story as I'd like. But uh, this one takes place in Killville. Um, the brightest, most pinky, purpley, ready colors I've seen in a murderous, rampaging assholes book. Which is part of what makes it fantastic. Yeah, you and I, really different definition of fantastic. <laughs> um, okay, Modoc is like a badass in this Killville, apparently. And he just like, the, the, the story opens up with him talking to himself. He does that a lot in the book. Um, we see that Otto Octavius is being um, like hunted down by Bullseye, who is part of the, the Assassin's Guild. And like it seems like this is what they call a sanctioned hit, like someone wants Otto dead. We don't know why up until Modoc starts talking to himself again and, and says why. Um, Modoc takes out Bullseye, who flat out says to him, you don't shut the fuck up, man. You just talk it, talk it, talk it. Um, Modoc rightfully takes out Bullseye, makes his brain melt in some way, shape, or form inside. Um, Baron Mordor, or Modor, Modo, I don't even know anymore. Modor. Baron Modo. Mor, Modo? Mordo. Mordo. 
all right, he comes out of the sky out of nowhere. It's like, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Don't you know who I am? And like, there's this big confrontation between the two of them where Modok is on this, like, he has set himself on such a high pedestal that he has no place to go but down. Absolutely no place else. They have this, this, you know, yelling match, and then Modok just jets. Now, and now I say jets as like not really because he gets into a car. Modok can fly. Why is he in a car? Because it's a sweet purple convertible. <laughs> so in this part of the movie is when they play the soundtrack and we get the montage of everything that's going on so we get the little tour of the land every kill that he's gone through and then we get to the progression of the story which is there's an area where all of these sentinels hang out and they don't cross over into killville because they're so afraid of modok and as we get this bit of information, we see Gambit just, like, bouncing out of the assassin, uh, the assassin, the um, sentinel the area, sentinel territory. And Modok then fights the sentinels to protect Gambit. And I, w I'm, and I will say that there was one scene where Modok makes a sentinel commit, like, robot suicide by blowing his own head off. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, but, he takes control of the Sentinel's hand and uh, makes him uh, shoot himself in the face. <laughs> Repulsor ray right to the face type of situation. <laughs> but that, awesome. And then, like, half a panel later, Gambit's like, hey, buddy, in his Cajun accent, which I'm not going to do, goes, hey, thanks for the help, and Modoc thinks, and Gambit's head explodes. Literally. Top half of his head was in the upper part of the panel, lower half of his head was in the bottom half of the panel, and there was a big sparky look in the middle. Right after that, um... What's her name? Angel? Uh, Angela. Angela falls out of the sky. She is a Thor, though. No, she's not. She's got the hammer. She has a hammer, but she's not in the she's not in the core. He says a Thor has just fallen at my feet. She's not part of the core. I'm telling okay. you this. Mark my okay. words, okay? We don't know why she fell out of the sky. We don't know we we don't even know who she is. If you've never seen this character before, you have no idea who she is. They don't say her name. They just say an angel has fallen out of the sky and he's now in love. I fucking quit. <laughs> I quit. I, 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 I am in complete op opposite of you on this one, sir. I loved this. I thought uh, it was awesome. It's uh, it was ridiculous. It was. This is not a ridiculous epic event. It's not ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I, I love Modoc. <laughs> Modoc makes you know, me really that, that, happy. I don't, I don't the remember. The amount of shit talking he does in He has is... shark faces on his rockets. <laughs> like Modoc's he's in a goddamn awesome. Mario video game. Uh, Modoc All right. rules. All right. Uh, Inhumans, uh, number one, it was, a, it was a battle world story arc. Atalan Rising. Um, Do you okay. say Atalan or Attilan? I say Attilan. The Tillin? Okay. Uh, that's what I would say, you. but you know, who knows? It doesn't matter. This opens <laughs> up the best because we get old timey Ghost Rider, like Tommy Gun Toten Ghost Rider, and he's got like a hot rod and shit, and it was pretty damn awesome. They end up the, the the story starts off in Greenland, which I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but that is the awesomest name for the Hulk world ever. That's pretty great. Um they apparently this group 
the the the, the resistance is trying to help revert the Hulk's mentality back the Hulk's mentalities back to a human form. They're not the rampaging beasts that they are. So they have this gas that they spray in, in the face and it just makes them smart again, I guess. Because as soon as they show up, they this sand hulk pops out of the sand and starts attacking them. And um the uh, <laughs> I've never heard of this character before, but part of the, the resistance group is a guy named Megarad. Straight out of the 80s, that name. It's yeah. Megarad. Seems to be a Hulk, or, or like a genetically enhanced Hulk, because he's, he's, his powers are f finite. Like, apparently he could punch so many times or use his power so much, and then he just depowers. But we didn't actually get to see that. It was just spoken about. Um, the Sand Hulk that pops out of the ground, and they gasped when they, 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 he brings him back to you know normal mentality... They explain to him their, what they're doing, and he's like, all right, I'm going to help you. And then it goes off, and later on, in another conversation, we find out that the Hulk that they saved was Rick Jones, um, which is, you know, uh, Banner's buddy from, I don't know, 1920. Um, while all this is going on, the Thor Corps, it was like six of them, show up, and they are trying to stop this resistance group. They all split up, and old-timey Ghost Rider distracts them and, and says, hey, hey, look at me, I'm over here, follow me, hops into his flaming hot rod and shoots his Tommy gun and just takes off into the, the, the desert. And as he's flying, he's literally using the sand hulks that are shooting up out of the ground to take Thors out, which I thought was a really good idea to you know use your environment against your enemy. But it only lasted like four panels and then one of the bearded Thors just takes him out completely. He gets captured and he gets um he gets brought to Medusa, who was given strict orders, and I think this is the first time in all of the books Doom has actually spoken at any length. Um he's just explaining to Medusa what is going on, what he needs to happen and how important this job is, and that if she fucks it up, she's gone. She's done. There's hundreds of people that will take her place as ruler of this domain and just don't screw it up. Got it. And he has he has perhaps the most Doctor Doomy line of 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 all time in here when she says, "My Lord Doom, you honor me with your divine presence," and his response is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking great. You are correct. Yes. Yeah. They they're really they're putting a lot of effort effort into making Doom seem like this omnipotent creature, and I don't know how that's going to play out because he is or was a human at some point in time, but that's down the road um so ghost rider has information about the resistance that they're trying to acquire from him and they use this gentleman by the name of uh cheesesteak no no uh sirloin C cerulean something to that effect sirloin <laughs> cheesesteak <laughs> okay this guy's you know he's a mental dude and he goes to look into ghost rider's head and apparently ghost rider has these blocks in there these defense mechanisms that would it i guess in 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 the mind reading world this would be like the cyanide capsule stuck in your tooth because his top of his head explodes and he dies what the fuck is with heads exploding exactly um the only thing that they got out of him before they lost him was uh the quiet room and apparently the quiet room is a bar in town now, while 
Ghost Rider's being interrogated, if you will. We get a flash over to the, the Resistance side where we get to see a really cool-looking Daredevil. With he, he's, he's just Murdoch. He's a, he's a minstrel, if you will, because he's got this red bandana over his eyes, and he's looking kind of ragged, and he's got a guitar or a, he, possibly he was, uh, a lute. <clears throat> he was very reminiscent of the Neil Gaiman uh, 1602 Daredevil. Yes, yes. Um, and I, it seems that he's like one of the higher ups in the resistance, but they really didn't get to a breakdown. It was him and um, oh, what the hell's that guy's name? Oh, I ro- actually wrote it down. <sighs> Karnak, yeah, Karnak. They seem to be higher ups in this resistance, but they's like we're gonna hold off and talk to the big guy, the big cheese, the man in charge. He's gonna take care of all of this. So Medusa sends out uh, Oron to go to the quiet room. As like to get information and infiltrate, and when we get to the quiet room, it's like a it's like a like a nineteen forties, you know, speakeasy. It's it's really cool looking, and everybody's dressed to the nines, and and of course the slick bartender comes over to her and he's says, you know, how can I help you? Type of situation, and it's it's Black Bolt. It's got the little horny things on his on his forehead. Now. Last I heard, he I don't know, is he depowered? I didn't read any of that stuff, because he can't talk. I thought that was his thing. Make things explode and shit. Right? That's what I thought. But now he's talking, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, and that's where the book ends. It's progressed the story minimally. Uh, it was probably, f- probably the most tied into the Secret Wars universe out of all of the books. Um, but it's just, it's like... It's stalled. This little story right here, this is this is what we're getting. So moving on to Secret Wars Journal number one. Um This this is this was my favorite because it's a personal thing. It's the book split it in half to two story arcs. We got a King James England where Lady Kate, Teddy, and Billy go to rob God Doom Cathedral. They do so, but they're being set up by the Punisher, who happens to be the sheriff. Uh, Lady Kate gets captured, but Teddy and Billy get away with the loot. And Did you just say Bill and Ted? No, I said Teddy and Billy. Yeah, these are uh, <laughs> Hulkling and Wiccan. There we go. Hulk- the young Avengers. Hulkling and Wiccan. So there's no George Carlin. No, Fuck. that would be fucking Not awesome. Not yet. Not yet. Um, Kate, get caught. Kate gets caught. <laughs> and that's where we end that part of the story. But then we flash over to Egyptia. Okay, there's another universe also here. This seems to be like the most tied into the X universe because the like the first page has half a, like a, a half a page spread of uh, like an old tavern, and it's just full of X Men that I recognize. The unfortunate part is none of those people really talk. It's all people that I don't recognize. Um, the the theory as i understand it is they're all enslaved by the goddess Khonshu. okay wait that's moon knight talk yeah it is you're, you're talking moon knight stuff now i'm talking moon knight stuff okay and they are they are building pyramids okay for goddess Khonshu. they don't want to do this anymore because they don't want to be slaves so they go out to try to do another resistance or, you know, to, to, to fight the goddess, goddess, Khonshu. So they, they task Wolverine to go find someone to help them 
in this battle. So Wolverine shows up at the bar. He's like, I found someone. Let's go. So they take off. They go into the night. Now, mind you, there's a curfew. No one's supposed to be out at night. And they don't know why. Nothing has been explained. They just don't do it because the goddess says so. So they're walking through the desert and they come across this big mountainous valley area and they find Moon Knight. Not Moon Knight. He is a Moon Knight. This one happens to be Mark Spector, but apparently the, her, her group of, of protectors are Moon Knights. So we're going to get, I'm assuming, multiple Moon Knights in this book. He says, I used to be part of the, the regime. I am now against her. Uh, the reason being is, and he turns into a werewolf. And all werewolf these werewolves, all these werewolves jump out of nowhere and start attacking this little band of X-Men. Yes, werewolf by night. But after that was awesome. it made me yeah, really happy, it, it was awesome to see. I don't understand where the hell they're going with it, but OK, I'm, I'm along for the ride. Uh, there's this epic battle of flesh ripping and teeth biting and things dying. And Goddess Khonshu shows up and stops everything, kills all the werewolves and has this heart to heart with um with with the x-men she's like well, i don't understand why are you why are you doing this i i i've given you all of your your lives and the things that you do will last for eons and people will know you and they're like we just don't want to be slaves anymore so then there's this like the the the, the that story arc ends because now colossus wolverine and this other girl shadow cat shadow cat show back up at that bar and they've all got the mark of Khonshu. They've turned sides and they're like, she saved us and it seems like they're trying to be rational with all the X-Men in the bar and they, they, they're they like, we're not going to believe you, you're traitors and all of a sudden those three turn into werewolves. There was a shit ton of werewolves in this book. <laughs> so, yeah. That's it. Yeah, The last page is Werewolf, Wolverine, Moon Knight, Wolverine, yeah, biting the Emma Frost. <laughs> like <sighs> minus so, minus the fact that it was a Moon Knight thing, which is why I know you loved it. That's it. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was an, an interesting story, but I loved it because the Moon Knight thing showed up. Um, but like in all honesty, if we're gonna look at the rest of the books outside of the Secret Wars tie-ins as just standalone books. Old Man Logan, which is the next one that I'm talking about that had the Secret Wars icon on it, was the best book. It progressed the... It's Old Man Logan number one. Um, it, it continued from the end of the original Old Man Logan story. We get more information about this, like the way the situation was left. He's got a, a Hulk kid. We don't really know what's going to happen to him. Is he going to raise him? Is blah, blah, blah. The story just continues from there and it's just done really well. Unfortunately, the only tie-in to Secret Wars is there's a wall and shit's happening on the other side of it, so Wolverine's going to climb that wall. Before that, he kills Gladiator, he kills, he finds an Ultron head, and we find out he's taking care of the Hulk baby with Luke Cage's kid. She's the babysitter. That's the information we acquired, but the artwork was beautiful. Stunning. This book is gorgeous. Gorgeous. The coloring is phenomenal in this book. A standalone book, really well done. I mean, I didn't, like, I like when you, a continuation of a story and you look back at the original and you go, eh, it sort of lost a step. This one didn't. The fact that it's Secret Wars tie-in, I didn't feel it was necessary, but 
it is what it is. X-Men 92 Chapter 1, which was a digital book. It made me realize that I hated 90s books. <laughs> there was a laser. They were so wordy. They were, yeah, very wordy. Very epically worded. Like, everything was big and grand. And, whoa. Literally, my notes say, X-Men 92 Chapter 1, digital comic. The writer, the artist, and... Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Don't I don't I, don't waste it. Wait, don't the, waste your money. The spawn of Bret Hart was in here, right? The spawn of Bret Hart. Jubilee. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Oh, wow. Love it. <laughs> yeah, and Jubilee in the beginning of the book during the laser tag fight. That's right, laser tag fight was the winner of the laser 90s. tag. Are yeah, we at 90s. Sports World? Oh, just shy. Well, apparently there was a big fight, and they they Wolverine broke the danger room, so they had to go out to like your their local laser tag park. There were Sentinels, too. Were they playing laser tag? No, oh. they were trying to kill mutants because oh, that's what okay. la that's what Sentinels do. <coughs> so yeah, I just like the digital aspect of this book. I like when the panels pop in, uh, and I, I, I do I, like that. I'm it's not a gimmicky as fuck. It but. is. It, I'm not a fan of that because I like to see the overall page and then read bit by bit by bit. This, right. you know, it throw and every once in a while it was wrong. Yeah, but, yeah, like they, you know, as a page setup, you're supposed to read top down, left, right, sort of. This would show you like a, a bank of information from the middle of the page and then from the top of the page. So I don't know if it was just wonky, but eh, it was not worth any sort of money whatsoever. We got the 90s. It's now 2015. Move on. Secret Wars 2099, number one. Um, another Secret Wars. This has the actual Secret Wars banner. This really doesn't progress Secret Wars at all. Ex the only thing we just get in, we get more information about one of the worlds. Okay. This is just an Avengers story taking place in 2099. Female Captain America, Hawkeye with wings, Hercules as Hercules, um, Black Widow as this sort of Latina literal spider woman, like, like wanting to stab you with multiple, um, and Iron Man. They fight these guys in jetpacks with guns. They win. We find out that Miguel Stone runs Alchemex and sort of is in charge of the Avengers. Um, also, another bit about the female Captain America. She's got like two personalities that sort of split when she puts the, the, the Captain America mask on. So when she's got the mask on, she's Captain America and she, you know, does her job. But when she takes it off, she becomes this very soft-spoken woman who's got a family and kids and whatnot, so, and they don't know each other. Like, they don't know one is the other and so on and so forth. But, uh, Vision is, uh, what was that movie with Tom Cruise where he, he the, the, they were trying to stop pre-crime, the precogs. Vision is a precog in some way. He's sitting in a pool, getting information, and we find out that the defenders are going to show up and that they're probably going to be bad guys. Nothing to do with Secret Wars. But still written by Peter David. This is true. This who is, true. is like the architect of the 2099 stuff, if right. I remember correctly. It, that is, that's correct. So it was a solid 29, 2099 story, but not Secret Wars. I kind of love the fact that Hercules is just Hercules. <laughs> yes, he's a drunken douchebag. <laughs> that's kind of awesome. <laughs> Gets kind of rapey halfway through the book, too. <laughs> well, you know, Hercules. Yeah, Hercules. Um, Infinity Gauntlet number one, Secret Wars icon... On the cover, which this was a good book, um, not a not a good Secret Wars book. It it was a solid story about a family that is 
trying to make do after the um, events that took place during the bug war, which was Annihilation. Uh, annihilation. And it's, what a good story that was! Right, it was fantastic. Uh, One of my favorites, my favorite Fucking cosmic great. story. Um, but this is about a family whose um, mother was part of the Nova Corps, so she went to go fight in the war and left husband, two daughters, and grandfather on Earth or whatever. I'm assuming it's Earth. That might be a mistake. Um, and they lose the war because bugs have taken over, and. Half of the family thinks that she's gone and dead and never going to see her again. The other half are still holding on to hope. And it's it's a touching family drama. Um, they're camping out. Bugs attack. Lots of chasing. Lots of harrowing incidents where they're almost killed here, almost killed there. But they get away and mom flies in and saves the day. There is a very touching moment because she saves the oldest daughter who has fully come to the realization that her mother has has died and she's come to grips with that and then at the end of the book mom comes down and saves her which it was like one of those tearjerker type mom moments mom and daughter moments she the 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 oldest daughter at some point finds that she she's in a a bug nest and she finds a blue gem now i'm assuming it's an infinity gem nothing has been flat out stated because at the end of the book, we see that Thanos is overlooking sort of this fight, like from the shadows. Not like he's controlling it, but he's like just watching it. And he's got a red gem in his hand. So I'm assuming that this child now is in possession of an infinity gem. I don't know which one is the blue one, but... I think that one's the mind. There it is. Could be wrong. Um, yet again, not really tied to Secret Wars. Solid enough story for Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, it progressed that story along, not so much Secret Wars. And I think this might have had the best artwork of the week. It 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 had a very. It's not my cup of tea. I it's not my style. Like I'm not a hundred. Like I'm not a huge fan of that that scratchy look, as I call it. But right. it is solid artwork. I can understand why people would find it attractive. Yeah, I, Dustin Weaver is the artist on that one. He yes, rushed it. He also he also did a a good portion of the story as well. Him and. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Duggan. Duggan. Yeah. yeah. So the story itself was heartwarming. It was touching. It, it did a really good job with it. It's just not part of Secret Wars. And lastly, Inferno number one. If you like X-Men and that whole little story where Colossus goes to save his sister from hell, you can read this. If you're looking for more information on Secret Wars, don't bother. Because all it is is a, a retelling of information that has happened and a progression of the Colossus saving his sister story, which in this ending, she wants to stay in hell as ruler. That's it. It's it was like art was all right. Art was like nineties style X Men, like it was very reminiscent of that. Um, but it had nothing to do. The only thing that I saw that tied it into uh Secret Wars was like the opening bit like the first the back cover where it says, all of the Marvel characters from the 616 and the blah, 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 Secret Wars. And then story had nothing to do with Secret Wars. Sorry. That's a shame. Yeah. Inferno is, is such a beloved X-Men story, too. It And it is. And, and it's, it's great. It I seems mean, it's, that... It's really great. I, I, like, I don't understand why they're releasing the ones now, because my understanding is their theory is that all of these first issues are going to be arcs or stories or running t- 
titles after Secret Wars is over. I don't know. I don't. I, this doesn't say one of four or one of eight. It just says one. So to me, that means ongoing. And why they're I don't know. why they're releasing it now in the like this is the middle of Secret Wars. Get that story going and done with, because like I'm I'm at the point where I'm getting event fatigue. Like it's not good to it, be three weeks in. Yeah, be, it's just it's. It's a lot of stuff. I don't Granted, have that I'm problem. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Granted, I'm well, reading stories about Marvel and the Marvel universe, but that's not why I'm reading these books. Right. I'm reading them to get information about Secret Wars. Yeah, it's see, and I like I will give them credit for this. Like in my opinion, just after having come off of Convergence, where every story in Convergence was basically a carbon copy down to some of the damn dialogue in it right everything was the same story dome goes up we don't have powers for a year dome comes down we fight we win and and that's it well i will at least give marvel credit that they are doing they are still just telling different stories and some of them are great like old man logan i'm actually I'm, i'm glad that was in there because I'm 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 glad that it had the the icon on it, the Secret Wars icon, because had it not, I probably wouldn't have read it because I had to read nine other books or or so, right? For just this story and like I see and yeah, like that's the thing. They are at least giving you some world building here of what Battle World and Secret Wars are. Whereas with Convergence, it was basically just Metropolis or Gotham, and then none of it mattered. And none of this is probably going to matter either at right. the end of it, which See, is a shame. Like, I'm looking at this story should really be the battle against God Doom. That's what Secret Wars should be, because Battle World is all the universes in one clump. They should be grouping together or each independently fighting Doom to get their universes back. You understand what I'm saying? This is... There's a little fight going on in Greenland about Greenland for Greenland. K. That's it. They it's, don't know that they've been pulled though, right? Like no, they convergence, are, they knew that something no, they, was going on. They know that they've been pulled, but it's not that big a deal. Okay. It's like it's as if their universes have been condensed to countries. And or let's let's even make it smaller. They've been condensed to states, and each one of the states is part of the United States. Reading is hard, <laughs> so that's normal. It's nobody's really that pissed about it. <laughs> I don't know where the the yes, they're pissed to the fact that they got a, a shitty ruler, like he's an asshole, right? But not what has happened. So, All yeah, right. I think next week we get a Secret Wars proper. Uh, I, I think, believe. Yeah, I think so. Right. Which, oh, that, and by the way, thank you for that little article uh, that you what? sent me. Yeah, no I problem. Mean, it helped me read them in some semblance of an order, but... Yeah, there are, just for, for the listeners, there, I think it was Bleeding Cool. I'm pretty sure um, it was, yeah. Which, they don't need our help from advertising, so, you know, this doesn't really matter to give them free advertising. But uh, on BleedingCool.com, they had a... How uh, Secret like, wars is this yeah. issue. <laughs> How much does this tie into Secret Wars to kind of give you a, an idea of where you might want to 
you know, take a look for what type of story you want to get out of this. And it's funny because they use some sort of rating system and a couple of those books should have had zeros. Yeah. And they still had, and they, I guess they counted one as the opening page of the, yeah. Hey, this is secret wars. So, but it did help, which is a shame that I have to look on the internet to find that information as opposed to just it being available from Marvel. Right. That is, that is a very fair point, sir. All right. Well, hopefully next week, um, and I, I am confident that next week will be much better because Jonathan Hickman is incredibly talented and his first two issues of Secret Wars were like, oh, this is going to be an event that doesn't suck. So I'm really hoping that that continues. But it's open. Dean, I believe a crossover started for you this week. Yeah, uh, it did. What you got for us? Being puppy cat issue number one. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> okay, okay. Gigs up, I guess. Uh, I read Worlds Unite, uh, which is the Archie's uh, version of Secret Wars, basically. So, <laughs> Mega Man uh, Universe, Sonic Universe coming together. It's it's cool. It's everything I could have wanted, and it left off with Mega Man really good because in Mega Man, what happened was Wily got jacked by Sigma, and then got taken into another universe, and we don't know what happened after that. And we find out in this book what actually happened to Wily. Book opens up with uh, Doctor Eggman. Boo. Thank you. Uh, for like he he's talking like having a little self monologue with himself about what happened after all the Genesis bullshit going on. I guess what's been happening in the Sonic universe and Sonic the Hedgehog. And he's in this weird like secret world or zone put away from the actual Sonic universe. And he took control of these, um, uh, what the fuck do you call them, like uh, beings. There's six of them, and I think they're called something along the lines of the Sinister Six, but not the Sinister Six, something like that. Um, anyway, look it up. There are a bunch of these cartoony, like, stupid, weird, super-powered creatures, and Dr. Eggman has this magic conch shell that controls them. Yeah, I said conch shell, because nice. it, it was a fucking conch shell. Um, and everything was going great for him because he's like, I'm going to take over the world with these motherfuckers. And then Sigma happens to use his virusy powers because he's Sigma to take over one of Dr. Robotnik's, uh, helper bots. So he smashes the conch shell and Dr. Robotnik's like, well, now I'm fucked because these guys don't want to listen to me and they're super powered. So I could be in trouble. And then Sigma shows up and he's like, bitch, please y'all bitches sit down. I'm going to take this over, and here's what's going to happen. So Sigma is all like, Dr. Robotnik, you work for me now. I saved your skin, so now you're going to build me all these awesome robots, and you're going to start by building me a new body. So uh, Dr. Robotnik builds Sigma, this awesome new commander body. He looks like Sigma. There's not really much else to say about that. He looks like Sigma. So... So on and so forth, Dr. Uh, Eggman's like, I'm going to call him Robotnik probably from now on. If I make that mistake, I'm talking about Dr. Eggman. So Robotnik's like, I need help. And uh, Sigma's like, sure, no problem. BRBs. So he puts his hand through a fucking portal and then whips out Wily. And he's like, here you go. Your best bud. I believe you two have met. And he sticks them in a prison cell together. 
And they're both like being kind of jerks to each other. They don't want to talk to each other because, I mean, if you read the Worlds Collide crap, it ended pretty bad. Wiley was like, oh shit, Dr. Robotnik's a fucking psychopath. I made a terrible mistake. And um, that's where it pretty much. I made much, a horrible, horrible mistake. Yeah, that, that, that's where it pretty much ended in uh, Worlds Collide. Uh, but they're back together again, and neither of them want to work for Sigma because Sigma's the ultra douche. <laughs> so they're they're kind of conspiring to you know make things happen, and they they say to each other, "For now, we'll play along with this plan, and we'll see where it goes." So Sigma's like, first things first." We need to take control of these fucking organic uh, people. So he gives these uh, these Sinister Six guys power armor, and uh, he, he he's like, all right, here you go, I'm going to turn it on. So he turns it on, and the first thing these guys want to do is turn against Sigma. And he's like, bitch, please, I thought about that. <laughs> but now, And he turns on some weird mind control device that he implanted in the armor, and they're all controlled and shit. So, and so on and so forth. Sigma's like, next part of my plan, we need to take out uh, Mega Man. Or, no, he says we need to take out the worlds. And then um, Dr. Robotnik and Dr. Wiley are like, well, first, we should probably take out Mega Man and Sonic because they're jerks and they always ruin our plan, so they're probably going to ruin your plan. And Sigma's like, great idea. Glad I thought of that. So they go out. They actually are uh, victorious in capturing Sonic and Mega Man. And the last panel is of Sonic in a tube, Mega Man in a tube, and they're going to turn them into evil robots. So I kind of want to see where this is going to go because you took the two main people out of the book. So that leaves Mega Man X. And that gets me really excited because I love Mega Man X. Mega Man X is the roided out Gears of War version of Mega Man. And I love it. I want every second of that that I can get. So I'm I'm pretty pumped to see where this go. this can go. Also, I'm very excited because they said they're going to throw in more Capcom characters and more Sega characters than we've ever seen before. So that might be bad, but for right now, I'm going to say it's going to be really, really good because cause Mega Man. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I, think I've Mega seen, Man. I think I've seen a preview image with Beautiful Joe on it. Yeah, there's, oh, there's Beautiful wow. Joe, there's Ryu, uh, there's a bunch of characters. that uh, I believe uh, Ghosts and Goblins is going to show up and stuff. It's going to be cool. <laughs> it's going to be real cool. I love it. Anyway, uh, just overall... You, you know the guy's name isn't Ghosts and Goblins, right? It's Arthur. Okay. I know that. I, I just... <laughs> Steve. Sure. But if I say Steve. Arthur, people are going to be like, who the fuck is Arthur? Like, unless I say Capcom's Arthur, and then still people might be like, is that like a... Is, is that like a... Like a like a Street Fighter it's character a, I don't know about? I don't, I don't it's know. a weird Street Fighter EX plus <laughs> Alpha 3 yeah, character. Exactly. So... Secret unlockable. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to be bison three times while facing backwards and uh, only doing crouch moves, and then you unlock them. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the book overall was good. I liked it, even though it was Sonic Universe. Actually, the, um, the art was really sharp, which normally doesn't happen in the Sonic books normally, especially Sonic Universe. It's a little blotchy, and I didn't like it when they did the Worlds Collide stuff, and I haven't read a Sonic Universe book since Worlds Collide. I was very happy when I opened it, and everything was nice and pretty looking. Everything was super sharp, very detailed, very well done. And, I mean, it's Ian Flynn, and he puts so much love into these books now because he basically runs the video game department at Archie's, for all I'm concerned. He's just like, yeah, this is... This whole area of the building is mine. Like, <laughs> he peed I write in every corner. This. Yes, exactly. This is all mine. 
Uh, and he does a really good job. He explains everything well. You know, there's no loose corners really left out. He he gives you everything you need to know without giving you too much information. So I'm very excited to see where this goes. He he definitely knows how to pull the carrot along and keep you wanting more. So I'm super excited to see what happens in the next uh, issue. There's nothing more I need to say about that. Read the damn story arc. It's a lot shorter than any sort of fucking Secret Wars <laughs> book you could read or Convergence. Oh, it's probably going to be a bit more interesting, too, because you don't have to read nine issues a week either. So, oh. fucking read it. <laughs> uh, what else was I going to talk about? I was going to talk about Capture Creatures. Uh, this is a book by um, Boom Studios. Uh, it's their uh, younger readers department, Kaboom, that does it. They're the same people that do Adventure Time, Steven Universe, and being puppy cat all those cartoon network uh stuff this is sort of in the same vein it's actually done by the same artist who does being puppy cat which it's very if you guys have ever watched cartoon network it sort of looks like steven universe and it's really cool it's essentially pokemon but without all the really dumb pokemon things we've come to know and love i i don't know what else to say like as far as the plot goes uh, basically, it's this. Uh, they're on this world that needs to sort of be rebuilt and reclamated. I'm assuming there's some sort of war or pollution that ravaged the environment, and there are these scientists rebuilding it. One of the scientists has a daughter who's very adventurous and uh, is, you know, all <laughs> over the place. She she loves to hang out on this island. They're researching and everything, and you know, just go on adventures and stuff. Uh, so. She meets one of the scientists' um, helpers, interns, whatever you want to call them. They're close to the same age, like teenagers, and they. She's like, "Oh, let me, let me, you know, show you the the island and stuff. Let's go have fun, cause you know, kids, fun. Why not?" So they're on the island. They find this little uh, animal creature. It looks like a red fox or red panda. That's what I'm thinking of a red panda, like a little tiny little baby red panda. And he can, like, apparently light things on fire with his mind. It's kind of a crazy creature. So, why not? yeah, you know, because comic books, why not? Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just really cool. It's super colorful. It's, it's done really, really well. Um, it, it, uh, fuck. I, I don't want to ruin it because I want people to read it. So, it, essentially, take it like this. It's... it's it's definitely Pokemon in the theory that these animals that are on this island are new. No one knows what they are. You've never seen them before. They can evolve and turn into other animals. They all have special moves and powers, but they can't really be captured in the sense you throw a Pokeball at them and, uh, you know, they go away. You know what? This is the best way to explain it. This is Pokemon if Pokemon just showed up in the street one day and you didn't know what the fuck they were. That's exactly what it is. It's Pokemon without the thousands of years of like, yeah, well, we researched it. Now they can be captured in balls and and we battle them <laughs> and they can be tame. No, these are wild fucking animals that have the same powers as Pokemon. That's what it is. Read the book. It's really cool. It's got super like a uh, really flowy sort of art. It's very bright. It takes place on an island, so it should be bright, right? And uh, I, I, I overall just enjoyed the book. I, I'm really happy with it. it the art um, direction sort of a cross between Steven Universe and Professor Layton. If you've ever seen Professor Layton's like cutscenes and stuff, 
uh, by that's a French animation studio that uh, does it. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but um, it's it's sort of that in between, and it's done really well. Uh, I I like the book. The cal uh, <laughs> sorry, the characters are really funny and colorful. Uh, the personalities are great. They stick out. Uh, it makes me want to read more of it. There's four issues out. I only read the first one, uh, but I will be reading more of this. So I'll update you guys when, you know, maybe 10 issues in. There's more to talk about. But yeah, pick it up. It's awesome. I like it. And those are my stuff for the week. I'm trying to talk about this very quick because we are over time anyway. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Turtles was good too. Hun's a douchebag. <laughs> Casey's awesome. Donnie's not dead. He's a robot. Deal with it. You have too much fun with your comic book reading, Dean. That's not fair. Why? Why, <laughs> why is it not fair? Because we're, we're, the, the other two of us are head deep uh, in the heart. I read Convergence. This is so goddamn bad for the fifth time in a row. And I'm like, yeah, I read Mega Man. It was great. Yeah, Shit not blew fair. up. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Not the two of us anymore, Evan. Just you. Just the you. one of you. Uh, on that note, Dean... Tell us about our social links. You can find them in our show notes. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Twitch, YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, we have links listed below in the show notes that'll be on iTunes, anywhere you want to look. And if you feel like it, you can also contact us. Got a book we should read? You know, got a special issue that you think would be relevant to any of the stuff we read this week? Give us a shout. Shoot us an email, mail at geekade.com. It will also be listed in the show notes below. So everything will be in the show notes. The end. Show notes. Evan. Garden State Comic Fest, July 25th to 26th. We're like 55, 65 days away. It's something really short. It's like two months. It's going to be awesome. Check us out on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and our website, GardenStateComicFest.com. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Issue 37 of the Paper Cuts podcast. For Dean DeFalco and Evan Goldstein and Dan Ryan, I am... Dan Ryan. <laughs> <laughs>